We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Packaday Podcast, your one place to go for all the news and updates from the green and gold every day. My name is Mike Welland. Alongside me, Tyler Grezegorik, on this Sunday as we preview week 11 for you guys. The Packers, with their bye week, they're, they're, help, they're holding strong at 8-2, and two, and they've got some games to keep an eye on, maybe do some scoreboard watching as they're taking their much-deserved week off. But before we get into that, Tyler, how's everything going, and how excited have you been for how the season has gone? I... If you had told me that the Packers were going to be uh, five games above, I'm sorry, no, eight, six games above uh, 500 going into the bye week, and I, I'd be ecstatic. So eight and two going into the final stretch of the season uh, with a late bye, get everybody healthy. God, I can't believe we're saying that, but everybody's gonna be, everybody should be healthy coming out of the bye, and the Packers should have their full assortment of weapons um, coming into their matchup against San Francisco, which uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit here. Uh, they're going to finally meet their maker, I think, in the second half of the season. But I'm just excited for everything. Um, I'm also kind of excited for the bye week because it's nice to kind of take a little bit of a break and just enjoy football this weekend rather than doing all the analysis and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be nice to just kind of kick back and actually enjoy the game for once. No, you're absolutely right. And with the exception of us of obviously recording here the Packaday podcast, it's, it is a very quiet week and it's a very good week. And we've got one game in the books. We had the Thursday night game. We will not talk about that. That's that's gone. It's done. 
But there's a lot of games going on this week, and some of them could have some big upset potential and playoff implications. But first, a quick point of uh, news, I guess, in former Packer news. Uh, safety Josh Jones has been put on an active roster. Dallas has promoted him to their 53. So Josh Jones back in the NFL. Uh, good for him. It, it's He's got a ton of talent. It's good. I'm glad to see him back, and hopefully he can make this chance work for Dallas. Yeah, I, I totally want to see him succeed. I, I never, never wanted anything else for him in Green Bay. Um, he just, he just wasn't a good fit ultimately with what they were trying to do. And I think um, he's kind of one of the final waves of players that Ted Thompson uh, looked at and said, "Hey, I think you can play football. You have all the tools. You just have to learn how to do it." And um, he eventually was not able to learn how to play football. Uh, he's just still a super good athlete, and that was really about it. So I'm hoping he eventually learns how to play, uh, play a position, play safety, play and play a dime backer, something. You know, I hope he finds a role in the NFL and ultimately finds success because I think if he can find a role, I think he will be successful. Absolutely, and so of of course with one game ready in the books and t- four teams off, that will leave 13 games to be played on this Sunday and into Monday night. But before we hop into that, a quick reminder still to subscribe to us at at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Go to the Packaday Podcast, also at Packaday Podcast on Twitter, where we will be doing as best as we can to get all of our, our great contributors' work involved and keep an eye on that as well. So that will hop right in, taking a look at week number 11, or week 11. And there are some interesting games to keep an eye on, and we'll start in the NFC North. A few games that could be some upset specials, could be some playoff implications. Probably the biggest one would be Sunday night Bears and Rams from Los Angeles. Bears have lost four of their uh, Bears have lost four of their last five. Rams are been just been kind of up and down. They're five and four, and it seems like for one of these teams, whoever loses is going to be fading very quickly from that playoff picture. Yeah, I think that this ultimately is going to decide one of these teams' fates for the remainder of the season. Um, it's, it's kind of a must-win game for the Bears for uh, a few different reasons. Um, one, for the record, they, they need a big win on their record over a possible playoff team. Um, they, need to get, they need to get closer to 500. Um, and then I think that that team just needs a confidence boost all around. Uh, I think that they're battered right now. Um, they're finally, you know, feeling that injury bug, something that they were able to avoid all year last year, and it's kind of reared its ugly head this year with them. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just a big, it's a big game for them and for, for all those reasons. And uh, if they can come out of that game with a win, I think I would be rather concerned about Chicago making a second half push. I agree. And uh, the Bears, like you said, the injury bug has really hit. They put Trey Burton on injured reserve on Saturday. David Montgomery got nicked up later in the week. He is dealing with some injuries as well. So there's some pieces on an already fledgling offense that could be gone for Chicago now and in. And really for the Rams, I don't know what to make of them. They're, you, you think with a Sean McVay team, they should be clicking on offense, but Jared Goff has just been off ever since he got paid. Todd Gurley is obviously dealing with, with his myriad injuries, and the receiving core outside of Cooper Cup has just been kind of mediocre. It's it's very fascinating to see this Rams team struggle, especially coming off a Super Bowl run last year. Yeah, the Rams are... I don't think it's that surprising, if we're being honest, though. I mean, yeah, they were they were supposed to be good again this year, but... I think everybody kind of knew that the level that they were playing at was not really going to be maintained with, with the, the news about Gurley in the offseason and what he actually means to that offense. Um, Brandon Cooks has been in and out all year, and I, I'm not even sure if he plays football again, if we're being completely honest. 
And so just taking those two elements out of the offense, they've become a little one-dimensional. And the offensive line is not helping anybody, you know, make any plays in that offense. And uh, maybe the league has figured Sean McVay out, and it's going to be up to him to kind of figure something out for the second half of the season and into next year. Um, but I think the Rams always had a, sh- a super short Super Bowl window because of the way that they approached their team building. And it's not going to open up anytime soon, I don't think, because they've, they've given away all their draft capital. They don't have a ton of money to spend. Um, they've got some marquee players, which is nice. But you're spending almost $50 million between a quarterback who's probably barely above average and then you are spending another $15 million or so on Jalen Ramsey. And so between the two guys, that's almost a quarter of your salary. And um, I, just, I just don't know what direction this team is going in anymore. Absolutely. And I guess before we move on to another game, one bright spot for the Rams has been the play of Clay Matthews. He's back from his, his jaw injury. But it's good to see him succeeding. The, the Rams have put him in a good spot to be able to make some plays. And it's good to see the 52 is not exactly wash up and he's not done. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been put in positions to make plays, and I, I always thought that Wade Phillips would do that for him. It's something that I wish Mike Pettin had maybe given Clay Matthews a little bit more chance to do is just, um, just being used in different ways. I would have liked to have seen him play inside linebacker. I think he would have been fantastic in Pettin's scheme in that role, just, just blitzing from the inside. Um, but the as, we, as we've seen over the past few weeks and uh, throughout this season so far, is Blake Martinez needs that, that cover backer next to him and not somebody who's going to be pursuing the quarterback or pursuing a runner from, from the inside um, so that Blake Martinez can be freed up a little bit more. So it'd be like having two Blake Martinez's out there. And uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think it's what best, what best fits this defense. No, no. Uh, Blake Martinez is a, is, a, is a very underrated blitzer. He hasn't had that chance too much this year because of the liabilities next to him with injuries. And now with Ibrahim Campbell there, that should help him out. But uh, you're right. Clay Matthews was underrated in coverage. He was underrated in space. And I think that could have been a good fit. But that being said, with, with him out in L.A., that did let the Smiths come in. And it's it's worked for all parties. And I can't complain about that. It's it's been It's been fun to watch all three of those guys work with their new teams. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned the Smiths. Uh, I think I saw a tweet from Andy here within the past day. Um, he was kind of going through some of his grades for the season so far, and he mentioned that his top three defensive grades, or maybe it was top three overall grades, but top three grades on the season were Zadarius and Preston Smith and Adrian Amos. So, you know, that 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 day in free agency um, – is really kind of looming big right now and everything that the Packers are doing is playing a huge part in their success, which it's really funny because we called for it and we, we cried for it for years. And then all of a sudden they go on free agency and they address their holes and look what, look what's happened to this team. Not saying that the entire Packers fan base is, uh, you know, prescient or anything like that, but it's, it's just kind of funny how finally the team goes out and actually addresses their actual holes. And uh, now they're being successful and it's only a one-off at this point, but we'll see if it continues um, and if Gutekunst continues to address the roster the same way he has. Absolutely, and yeah, those are three very smart as well, because they're all three are young guys and very assignment sure. But as we move on, there's uh, some other games in the NFC North. Uh, moving on to Detroit, they're at home. They desperately need a win, They, uh, but it sounds like Matt Stafford's not going to play again. They'll be at home at, at noon Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys and Josh Jones, but uh, Detroit has to have this one. They... They cannot get go to three six and one and hope to stay in the wild card race and and it's at the point where where it is do or die for Matt Patricia's squad and maybe even for Matt Patricia's job. You know I feel so bad for the Lions though 
because you know they did get a tough break when when they came to uh, Lambo earlier this year. Um, they did get a tough break there, and I think that that moment kind of derailed the rest of their season. I just don't think they were able to overcome that um, that that loss and the detriment that it actually did to that team. And so I, I do feel kind of bad for the Lions because I thought for the first time I this season, I was like, man, the Lions could actually be pretty good. And I know that they do this every year. They do this every year where they, they start out strong and then they kind of flounder and all this kind of stuff. But I actually thought that they could be good this year. And then they just kind of got racked with injuries that had a ton of adversity to overcome after the Packer game. And now they're dealing with Matt Stafford and, uh, it's just, it, I feel bad for them. Um, and they're going to go as a four or five win football team again. And I don't think that's Matt, Matt Patricia's fault. I don't think it's anybody's fault. It's just unlucky. Um, but you mentioned it as a must win game. If they want to salvage this season, if Driscoll is going to be the guy to lead them to the playoffs this year, then they, they must win this game. They probably have to go undefeated in their remaining seven games, if we're being quite honest. And the Cowboys are no easy feet, but I don't know which team's going to show up because the Cowboys seem to be the same old Cowboys right now, which I was sold that this team was a Super Bowl contender after about four weeks. I was like, man, they have an offense, but that offense seems to be a fi- seems to have been figured out now. Uh, Kellen Moore needs to kind of, he, he needs to make some adjustments on, on offense, get, get this offense rolling again, because that's what was really making them go. Um, I, I think the Cowboys win this game easily. If I'm being quite honest, I just think their defense and their offense is much better. But it's going to be a good game because Detroit usually plays well at home. So uh, both both teams have a must-win, I think, on their hands, though. Well, actually, and, and a couple of points that you brought up is Kellen Moore adjusting. One adjustment would be when Dak Prescott shredding a defense, stopped giving the ball to Zeke on, right. on outside runs. That, that was just baffling last week. Well, Zeke has not looked like himself either. Zeke has not looked like the old Zeke of pass, which is... Which is weird. Maybe maybe he's still getting into football shape, but we're in week eleven now. You know, he's been there for ten plus weeks. He needs to be carrying this team if they're going to be giving him all that money. Um, you know, you, you like to hope that he's not maybe taking it easy because he earned that he earned that contract, uh, even though he got it a year earlier than he probably should have. Um, you like to hope that he's still going to go out there and be the same old Zeke, but he just hasn't looked like it so far. And I think that's ultimately what's really really hurting this team. No, absolutely, and it's becoming a very cautionary tale of paying running backs between Zeke having a rough year, Gurley's injuries, and then we've seen uh, with Melvin Gordon, who has already said he regrets his holdout, and he's, he won't do it again. It's, David Johnson, it's, too. David Johnson is definitely a cautionary tale of the running back issues that that are showing even Jarek McKinnon for San Francisco, even though he hasn't played a game yet. But I think Zeke, this would be the game for him to break out for Dallas especially getting as they want to get primed for a playoff run get back in that division race as well in the NFC East Detroit's run defense is not good uh Snacks Harrison has been very underwhelming obviously Mike Daniels hasn't has barely played this year and their their linebacking core has been not much to write home about so this could be this could be the game for the offensive line for Dallas to really get going and if they can find that balance again they could they they're they're probably not a Super Bowl contender right now, but they could they are still a dangerous team that could be a very tough out in the playoffs, and a team I don't want to see it coming to Lambeau Field. No, because the defense is still good. Uh, it's not bad. Um, you know, they, like I've mentioned earlier, they've dealt with a lot of adversity on the defensive side of the ball. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, I wouldn't want to see either one of these teams though. Uh, the Lions are just one of those teams that can find a way to win a game. They, they've got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then with Matt Stafford, you never know what you're going to get. It's a mixed bag. But 
they've got some offense they've got some offensive talent as well and I just wouldn't want to see either Dallas or Detroit to be honest with you no I agree and then last question on this game before I move on uh if Detroit were to lose this game and they're essentially gone from the playoff race if you're Detroit do you just sit Matt Stafford the rest of the year with the with because it's a it's a back injury those things we've seen how those go with with Tony Romo and we've seen how those can really derail some careers so if, if they are basically wiped out this week do you sit them and just let them get healthy for 2020 I think you certainly do. Um, you mentioned Tony Romo and the back injury. I think Matt Stafford's already kind of in that category because he's been dealing with back injury for a while now. Um, various back injuries, I should say, in various degrees. Um, I think he's already kind of in that window. And anytime you can get him rest, uh, I think you need to. Um, I'm not sure how much longer he has on his contract, but Detroit could also be looking to move on uh, in a year or so. Um, I-, I believe he'd be up for an extension in the next two years, but... Um, they could they could be looking to draft a quarterback this year too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Detroit uh, Matt Stafford has kind of become the Matt Ryan without the MVP award. He's been very good for a long time, but just seems he can't quite get that luck or get over the top. But yeah, Detroit and Dallas that's the second of the three NFC North games this year. The last one taking place at noon as well from Minnesota. It is the Vikings against Denver, and it Vikings only a game behind Green Bay. So you're we're really going for Denver here, Broncos. It's not been a good year. Vic, Vic Fangio, he's, the defense is playing well for Denver, but it's that offense is absolutely a nightmare outside of Philip Lindsay. And, and not very obviously, Joe Flacco's not the answer. Uh, Brandon Allen has been all right. Drew Locke just started practicing. But th- does Denver have any sort of firepower to make this a game? Denver's been sneaky all year, though, haven't they? I, I, I think Denver... They've been close a lot. Yeah, I, I think that this is a game that Denver can make the Vikings... Make them sweat a little bit. Um, I think that they're going to do a decent job of bottling up Dalvin Cook. I, I know that has not necessarily been their forte, but I think that they're going to kind of make it their strength on Sunday in focusing on stopping Dalvin Cook and making Kirk Cousins beat them. And then they're going to match up. Uh, I think Thielen's already been ruled out, so you throw Chris Harris on Stephon Diggs, and you let that matchup go, and then everything else, you just focus on bottling up Dalvin Cook and making Kirk Cousins beat you. And I think that if that's what they can do, if they can do that successfully, then I think the Broncos have a real chance of winning this game. The, the defense for Minnesota is much better than the offense, but I think that the defense can keep them in this game. I think maybe we'll get a Brandon a Brandon Allen hero showing um, on Sunday, and uh, I think the Broncos could win this game. I don't think they actually do. I just think that I, I would not be surprised. Let's put it that way. I would I would not be surprised if Denver walks out of Minnesota with a win. And that would be the best case scenario for the Packers would be Denver getting that win. And and I guess with Disney Plus being released, we can bring out the Admiral Ackbar. It could be a trap for the Vikings here in this one from Minnesota. It's. We'll see. That one starts at noon against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for all these games, honestly. There's a lot There's a lot of good games this weekend. Uh, we talk about playoff implications. Not a ton where it's like 7-2 and two versus 7-2, and two, but there's a lot of divisional games going on, and um, divisions like to beat up on each other. So that could uh, bode well for some of the Packers' opponents in the playoff race. Oh, so you, you mean the Bengals and Raiders is not a playoff implication game? For the Raiders, it is. <laughs> The Raiders. Fair, fair. Hey, Raiders are actually underrated. I think. I think they're actually a good. They're they're very team. good. Um, John Gruden has done a good job. I think he got a lot of flack for the way that they handled a lot of the way that they built their roster. But I think that he had a vision in mind, and um, I think that they've done a fine job considering what what they inherited and what they tried to do with Antonio Brown and the way that that ended. And um, 
I think that Raiders fans should be very happy with before they move to Las Vegas. Actually, there's a ton of talent there. I had them in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and, and before Derek Carr got hurt, that was looking very much like it could be the case. But staying in the NFC, taking a look at some games for Packers fans to watch, really there's just a, uh, about three more to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll go to the NFC South. New Orleans, they're right in that race for that that buy, that first-round buy. They got, they're going to have a tougher-than-expected game against Tampa Bay because we saw what Atlanta did to them last week. Tampa Bay might be a little more talented offensively even, and they have a little bit more of a pass rush. But And it's in Tampa, so you never know. But how does New Orleans bounce back from what was one of the most disappointing performances by any team this year last week? Uh, I think they bounce back very strongly. Um, I think we're looking at a 8-2 and two Saints team by the time the Week 11 is done. Uh, I think that they win easily. I don't think the Saints... Or I'm sorry, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be able to do anything to stop the Saints, uh, whereas I can't say the same for the Buccaneers' offense versus the Saints' defense. I think the Saints' defense is going to shut down that running game uh, for Tampa and make Jameis Winston beat them, and we've seen how that's gone. So um, I, I have Saints by a, a lot <laughs> on Sunday. Fair enough. And then staying in the NFC South, Carolina trying to bounce back from that tough loss against the Packers last week. They're back home against Atlanta. Atlanta, of course, that big win against the Saints. Dan Quinn coaching for his his job. He was he's basically seen as a dead coach walking until last week, but that big win may have may have given him a little bit of a reprieve if they can keep it going. How does Kyle Allen bounce back in at home now against an Atlanta team? I just get this feeling from the Panthers that they're an eight and eight team. Um, I, I think I actually think the Falcons can string to get string together a couple of uh, a string together a couple of wins here because um, I think the Falcons are better than what we've seen th- thus far. Uh, I think Dan Quinn gets maybe maybe a little bit too much flack for some of the performances of his team. They've had a lot of injuries again this year. I mean, at, at, after a certain point, it's you can't blame the injuries. But man, like he, he they've just had terrible injury luck, Packers-worthy injury luck over the last couple years. Uh, but it, lately, the Falcons have had the Panthers' number. And uh, I think that they at least make it a football game. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Atlanta's walking out of there with a victory um, out of North Carolina. So uh, I, I, the Panthers are a good football team. Um, I, just, I just don't know if they're a playoff caliber at all. I just think they're perpetually avid, average. excuse me. And uh, I think we're going to see that again on Sunday. And then that leads to, uh, I guess, a follow-up for Carolina. It's why they expected Cam's done in Carolina. So it's basically a, a basically a new a new era for the Panthers. If they only go eight and eight or seven and nine, or if, or, or if they fade even further down the stretch, do they move on from Ron Rivera? Uh, we 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 know this coaching carousel works, and Rivera, outside of the a couple years, a lot of people think he's underachieved. And if they don't get over that hump and make it a wild card spot, is his time up? You, you know, it, it very well might be um, with the. Inevitable, it looks like, end of Cam's tenure in Carolina. That could also mean the ending of Ron Rivera and bringing in a new coach, bringing in a new quarterback, uh, kind of resetting that franchise. Because I think they kind of remind me of what the Packers were, what the Packers were last year um, and the year before that, and just kind of dealing with some bad injuries, but kind of stuck in a rut, couldn't get out of that that perpetually average, you know, position. And that's not somewhere you want to be in the NFL. You don't want to be perpetually average. So I, I think that they might make some drastic moves in the offseason. It's a good class to try and get into if you're trying to get a quarterback. There's a good handful of quarterbacks that you can 
that you can put under center this year and uh, feel okay with. Um, it's not like past years where there was only like two or three good ones. And so this is the year. If they're going to do a hard reset on, on that franchise, I, I think this is the year, and we very well could see that this offseason. Well, absolutely. This draft class is built for offense for sure, and Carolina is right in the market for that to get help out Christian McCaffrey a little bit. Another note from that is Atlanta has won five of the last six against Carolina, which could bode well for Dan Quinn and company. Uh, the last fully NFC matchup is one that's definitely something to keep an eye on for a Packers fan. It's the 49ers and Cardinals. Cardinals hung right with them last on that Thursday night game a couple weeks ago in Arizona, and they and they were driving late with a chance to win before some turnovers kind of did them in, and the Niners held on. Niners coming off that first loss uh, against Seattle. How how does Kyle Shanahan's squad bounce back, and can Arizona pull off the upset? I actually do think Arizona wins this game this weekend, even though they're going out to California. Uh, this could be a, what we like to call the trap game for San Francisco. Um, you know they have to they're going to have to respond uh, and. The Cardinals in the past have played very well against the 49ers. I think, I think they have been undefeated over the past like four seasons against the Niners, which is kind of crazy to think until this year. Um, I, I saw, I read some crazy stat, and then I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the the Cardinals' offense. I think it matches up very well with what the the Niners are trying to do. Um, I actually think Cliff Kingsbury can, you know, kind of scrounge up a game plan and get the Cardinals over the hump. Um, that's certainly not to say that the Cardinals are more talented than the Niners. The Niners are still a very good team. Uh, I, I'm starting to kind of believe in them after seeing their performances uh, recently. But, you know, we're going to learn who the Niners are uh, in these final seven games, eight games, however however many um, are left to play. And it's going to it's really going to kind of show who the best team in the NFC is. And uh, I'm so glad to say that the Packers are now scoreboard watching for the number one overall seed and not scoreboard watching just to make the playoffs. So um, it's, it's going to be a fun race to the end. And I think that this one is going to go well, or it's going to go in the direction of, uh, of favor for the Packers fans this weekend. And I think Niners drop to the Cardinals. Yeah. That's the thing to keep an eye on because we, all the talk has been the Niners' defense, and that defense is great, especially that defensive line uh, with with Little Bosa, Buckner, Armstead, and Solomon Thomas, uh, which is named basically every top ten pick in the past few years. But that offense is very underwhelming, which is kind of surprising for a Kyle Shanahan team. And with Kittle Kittle out, it's I'm torn on what to expect from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I made the joke about earlier this week that the that the 49ers traded for the wrong Patriots backup. When they brought in Jimmy, they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, and so it's it's one of those things where I, I I'm torn on what to think of that offense, but that defense can keep keep them in any game. They're that good. Yeah, I just like you said about the offense. I don't know if the offense is good enough to keep them afloat when the defense is having a bad day, um, and uh, that's ultimately what's going to be kind of the, the determining factor for them and um, how well they finish the season, how well they do in the playoffs. The, deep, the offense is going to have to start performing at some point. Um, the defense can't win every game for you. So it's, and I think that the Cardinals will be able to put up points. So I think the 49ers will have to respond. I agree. And then, so as we, there's a, going through the rest of the games, there's, there's some other AFC matchups that will be around. There's going to be the Jaguars and Colts battling for that AFC South matchup. Bills Dolphins for, to see if the Dolphins can get three in a row and, and truly show that they don't know how to tank properly. Uh, Washington and the Jets because someone's got to play that game. Uh, Texans-Ravens, a big one to watch. Bengals-Raiders, and then Patriots-Eagles. And then Monday night, Chiefs and Chargers. So, Tyler, what what are the what, what, what among those games uh, stands out to you, and what are you going to try and keep an eye on? 
Well, Texans-Ravens obviously has huge AFC playoff implications. Uh, I think the Chargers are going to compete well against the Chiefs. The Chiefs seem to be kind of lost right now. Um, that game's also on Mexico City, uh, so anything can happen uh, down there on a Monday night. Uh, Patriots-Eagles, I think it's going to be a fun one to watch because it's obviously uh, a revisiting of the Super Bowl. And then I think that I think that Doug Peterson is going to um, actually kind of give that Patriots offense or defense, I should say, some fits. Um, I'm looking for the Eagles to actually win that game. Probably not a wise decision, but I, I do think the Eagles match up well, and I think the Eagles can win that game. Uh, let's see here, Colts, Jaguars. Uh, Colts need to win this game. Um, they they really do if they if they have any hopes of making the playoffs this year. I think I think Brissett's returning this week, so that should be a boost to them. Um, Dolphins, Bills. Bills need to win that game. Um, Bills need to win that game to prove to everybody that they're not going to lose to bad teams. Uh, Dolphins need to win that game for absolutely no reason at all. So <laughs> the Dolphins will uh, probably come out and give the Bills a fight because it's a divisional game, as we talked about. They like to beat up on each other. But uh, Bills need to win that game. Uh, Jets, Redskins, I don't care at all. <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. No, I agree. And, and a couple other storylines from that with Texans Ravens could be an MVP showdown, uh, Watson and Jackson, uh, right? Because right now for me, Lamar Jackson's the MVP. And to me, it's not even close. He's been just absolutely stellar leading that Heisman backfield with RG three and Mark Ingram. But it, if the Baltimore holdout and Texans drop to six and four, that makes that, that coach Jaguars game that more important. Cause if the Colts were to win that game, they would go into a tie with, with Houston. And if Jackson wins, that would put all three teams within a game of each other. And then we have the Titans who are just kind of there. But that, so it's that, that AFC South could be thrown into chaos, depending on how these games go. And so, yeah, I agree with you on the other ones. Washington and the Jets, nobody cares because the Jets are in trouble for a while. Washington's looking for a new coach. He's just trying to see what they have in Dwayne Haskins. Dolphins need to, know, need to figure out what their plan is for sure. Uh, if they beat Buffalo, they're a complete mess. And then you, you have games like Eagles-Patriots. is going to be a great game there. And Cincinnati-Oakland. Oakland better win that game. And we may see a, a couple one-and-done coaches this year. There's a lot of talk about Freddie Kitchens being out in Cleveland with the lack of discipline on that team all around and just some very lackluster play. But Zach Taylor also could very well be in danger if the Bengals continue to lose. If they drop to 0-10, there's going to be some serious discussions being made about what the where that franchise is headed and. And luckily for them, like like we said earlier, is a big time quarterback class for the NFL draft, and the Bengals really badly need one. But they they, they I didn't think they're going to be this bad this year. Oh, I just I don't think that Andy Dalton gets enough credit for what he was actually doing because yeah, he obviously is a probably an average to above average at best quarterback, but it, the Bengals kind of did him dirty by not shopping him to a team that could have used a quarterback. Um, he probably could have gone somewhere and helped the team maybe make the playoffs. Uh, that offensive line is <laughs> that offensive line in Cincinnati is absolutely awful. And I think before they throw anybody else back there, they need to, they need to address that offensive line. Um, maybe this year isn't them for a quarterback, and that sounds weird to say, but I, I just I don't know if they should. It's kind of like the Rosen situation last year. You could put Rosen out there, and yeah, you got your you have your supposed franchise quarterback, but that dude's getting thrown to the ground sixty times a year, and he's getting hit more than that, and that's not going to go well for a rookie's development. So I think that the Bengals need to start from the inside out, develop that, that develop that offensive line, uh, revamp the talent, 
Um, I mean, they've got Mixon, they've got Boyd, uh, probably get themselves a tight end, another wide receiver. Uh, hopefully John Ross can eventually do something. I mean, it seems like he can't stay healthy ever. Um, but I, I just don't know if quarterback's the right direction for them this year. Um, maybe if they get multiple picks. But th- I think that they've already decided that their direction is going to be bad. They, obviously by benching Andy Dalton and starting Ryan Finley, trying to see if maybe he could be an answer. I don't think he is. Uh, so... The Bengals are definitely going to be one of the most interesting cases of the offseason because they could go so many different directions. Uh, Zach Taylor is going to get his pick of the crop if he does want to get a quarterback. So that's one thing to think about. But um, it's just going to be an interesting. Uh, there's a couple different teams in here that could really compete for the number one overall pick. And uh, probably the Dolphins, Redskins, Jets, and Bengals are really the only four. Yeah, probably. Maybe Atlanta if they could see, uh, fade, but it's really, I think it's those four as well. But and, uh, another thing keeps an eye for the Bengals with them being struggling is there could be some pieces to be had in the offseason if they're looking to really strip things down and sell guys like veterans like a Carlos Dunlap, uh, some uh, some other, maybe some of their secondary guys who, like a Drake Kirkpatrick or a, a Darquez Denard, guys who could be had for fairly inexpensive costs or maybe free agency guys, bargain guys as they try and change the direction of that team. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see what's, what's going to be going on with them. Cause there are some talent, they're talented players there. And I talk about another team hit by injuries at offensive line. They've had a couple of top draft picks who have been injury prone. I think Billy price is a Bengal. Uh, Jonah Williams got hurt in training camp. He was a top 10 pick. So they, they, their offensive line is not that they haven't been trying is that they haven't had the luck of having those guys on the field. And it's, 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 a, which makes me more impressed by the work that the Packers have done this year that they've been able to stay pretty healthy. They've been able to stay, for the most part, on the field where all these other teams around them are starting to drop like flies, where you've seen all league-wide, especially in the quarterback position and offensive lines, where these guys are having season-ending injuries and it's being careers, career problems. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it's rather unfortunate what's happened with a lot of teams, actually. And it's not, you know, Cincinnati is not even specific. It's not even their problem specifically. It's just, it's these ebbs and flows that teams go through and uh, you just got to kind of fight through them and uh, as I said before you just don't want to be average every year you kind of want to have a direction um, and be either on the rise or you know kind of understand it's time to rebuild it, it, you just don't want to be average every single year absolutely and so with that being said we'll sign off for now of course at week 11 Packers have the week off but there's some things to keep an eye on for you guys as you as you watch through your NFL Sunday a lot of games going on, some playoff implications, some upset specials could be brewing as well. But for that, we'll wrap up for now. Again, follow us wherever you can at Packet A Podcast and wherever good podcasts are found, we will be there. And Tyler, where can we find you? Uh, as always, on Twitter, at Tyler underscore Grez. Uh, I'm writing for Dynasty Nerds, Dynasty Nerds excuse me, uh, two weekly columns, uh, one stock report, which I just did this week for your playoff pushes in fantasy football, uh, your your best matchups, um, for each position, so two or three players highlighted there, uh, and then your worst matchups as well. Um, I also do a weekly flex sit and start, so check those out. And uh, there's a lot of other things in the works too, so stay tuned. But um, as soon as football season's over, which we've got about another couple months yet, but as soon as football season's over, I'll, I'll start pumping out that draft content as well. So um, it's about to really actually kind of start here, and it won't won't slow down again until probably following the draft in May. So I'm pretty excited for it. No doubt about that. And, and you can follow me at Mike Wenland, all one word. I'm still writing for Dairyland Express. I've taken a couple weeks off just because high school football playoffs kept me very busy. But now that all my teams are gone, I can 
really dive back in. I'll, I'm working on a piece about the Badger, what kinds of Badger draft prospects where they might stand. So where you can see Jonathan Taylor come in, maybe Tyler Biotish, guys like that. Also an all-time Packers draft team that I'm working on as well. That's a very long-form piece so that'll take some time. But other than that, again, follow all of our great contributors as well. And of course, listen every day for the Packaday Podcast. Listen to Andy tomorrow as he breaks down week 11 as well and gets us ready for San Francisco next Sunday night. So for that, we'll say so long for now. For Tyler Grezegorek, this is Mike Wentland. Everyone, have a great rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the bye week and go Pack Go! class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.